Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding podcast show, where every week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you're currently working at, or of your nonprofit consultant, the many different no- missions of the nonprofits you work with. All right, so we are on episode 232. Can you believe it? OMG, we are already 232 episodes of this podcast. And it is a great one, as they always are today. <laughs> All right, so we have our fourth in our series of the nonprofit consulting series. And I have uh, Mazarine Trays of Wild Woman Fundraising and Mandy Pierce of Funding for Good back on the show. So if you'd like to go back and listen to the entire series, you can go to episode 219, 225, and 229. And I'll have all of those links in our show notes today at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 232. In those episodes, we talk about things like why, you know, there's an opportunity right now to be a nonprofit consultant, why that is, and is that really a big opportunity? Yes, it is. <laughs> we also talk about how much to work in versus on your business, and we talk about how to get referrals. We talk about a lot of stuff, and today, to wrap this up, we are talking about a big topic that is actually, I get a lot of questions about this, and I've hardly done anything on this podcast to address it yet, so I'm so glad that we're talking about it, and that is about why and how to build webinars for your nonprofit consultancy. So if you are a fan of grant writing and funding, you have maybe or probably attended one of my webinars, and I have different webinars uh, for different for grant writing, to become a freelance grant writer, nonprofit strategic planning, all of the things, and I love having these uh, webinars because I get to connect with you live in person, well, you know, on in person virtually, <laughs> and get to answer some of your direct questions and just interact and get to know you more. And it is such a powerful, powerful thing for your business as well. So we're going to talk about that today. And even if you're in the nonprofit sector, you don't have your own consultancy, that is absolutely fine. Webinars are things that can help your nonprofit grow as well because you can connect more to your donors, you can connect to your funding sources, you can connect to so many people and your beneficiaries and so much more and really share the work that you're doing. So do tune into this episode today. You are going to love the conversation that we have. And just to kind of touch on some of what that conversation is today, we're going to be talking about webinars to build your nonprofit consulting business, what is the right format for webinars how to overcome that perfectionist syndrome, uh, some webinar hacks, and how to grow your audience through partnering, and so, so, so much more. We're also going to be talking about the Nonprofit Consulting Conference coming up on August 25th and 26th. Yes, it is almost here. We've been talking about this for months now. We've been preparing. We have amazing speakers lined up. This is going to be the conference of the year. You are definitely going to want to join us. It is a two-day virtual conference, August 25th and 26th, sponsored by Founded Technologies. And 
as well as Bloomerang and Nora's books. And we have so many people signed up. Great, great time. So if you are thinking about becoming a nonprofit consultant or freelance grant writer, or already are one, but want to see your business scale up and grow, then you are going to want to attend this two-day conference. We're going to be talking about how to ask for more, how to do your pricing, how to address maybe uh, clients that aren't your ideal clients. Dr. Bev is definitely going to be talking about this, and it's going to be great because she's actually had a fire clients before, so she's really going to talk about this in depth. And we're going to be talking about how to do your accounting and so, so much more. You guys are definitely going to want to attend this. Once again, if you're thinking about going transitioning into this as a career or a side hustle, or you already are there, you're definitely going to want to join. So do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 232 for more information about the Nonprofit Consulting Conference and to grab your tickets while we still have them. So you're definitely going to want to get in on this. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our conversation today about webinars with Mazarine Trays, once again, from Wild Woman Fundraising and Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good, who both of them have like nearly two decades of experience in the nonprofit sector, um, well over a decade actually being online as a consultant and working with nonprofits and have done webinars up and down and around the block way before COVID even. So you are definitely going to want to tune in today from some of these leading experts in this field about webinars. I have two beautiful, gorgeous ladies on the call with me today to also talk about how to get your nonprofit consultancy just up and going and really build credibility. Um, we've been, you know, obviously in the Zoom land, we've seen all kinds of webinars and different things to do. Um, so we're going to be talking about what's worked because both of these ladies have been doing this way before the pandemic, <laughs> way before the Zoom popularity and had no kind of like what to do and, and also can kind of comment on the different types of changes we've seen. So I have Mazarine Therese from Wild Women Fundraising and Mandy Pierce from, for, from Funding for Good. Well, that's a tongue twister sometimes. So welcome back to our nonprofit consulting uh, series that we've had going on. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, I know it's always with two people on the call like that. So um, yeah, so I'm loving this. And we also have our nonprofit consulting conference right around the corner. You guys are definitely going to want to sign up for that. If you are thinking about becoming a nonprofit consultant, maybe you're in your first couple of years and you want to grow your business, or even if you're seasoned out there and you're really looking for, you know, just to grow and scale your business, or maybe to pull back and say, how can I work smarter? So we definitely have two days, August 25th and 26th, full of different speakers that will be talking about these things, um, a lot of giveaways. And this is also presented by Founded Technologies. So thank you to our sponsor, our title sponsor out there. Yes. So as we get started to talk about building credibility, I have a lot of nonprofit consultants come to me and say, how do I get people to see me, right? How do I get my name out there? It feels like I put stuff on social media and it's crickets. I feel like I send out emails and I just don't get responses. And this can like take a personal dig. So Mandy or Mazarine, one of you want to address like kind of this in its, in its full kind of capacity? <laughs> Mazarine, you want to go first today? Sure. Yeah. I have a lot to say. I was going to let you go first because I could just keep going. Um, but, uh, yes. So I've done doing webinars since 2010. That's when I started. And that's really how I built my business. And um, I got 
uh, speaker training from a company in Dallas and uh, I, but that was really for in-person speaking. And as we know, during the pandemic, people's attention spans have gone like way down. And so it's, it's really uh, harder than it used to be to get attention for your webinar and also to make a sale because then those people are just gonna be jumping off halfway through. So you really have to learn how to be engaging on a webinar in a very uh, unique and creative way. So it's a really a chance for you to be creative as an entrepreneur, which I find very exciting. It's not just about creating slides. It's about how do you allow people to feel like you care that they're there and you want their feedback and in the moment advice to the other people. That's why I love teaching adults versus kids. I used to teach English in Korea, whole other story. And it's like, uh, I guess you're learning about me on this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, people actually really have real life experience that they can use mm -hmm. uh, to teach other people on the webinar. That's what I love about adult learners, you know? So um, I've been teaching fundraising uh, as well as doing the keynotes and other things in the last several years and on Zoom or on other platforms. And I have to say there's a lot more tools now than there used to be to take the temperature of the room. But the thing is, if you start getting too fancy, what can end up happening is that people who are less tech savvy or maybe even differently abled are not going to be able to follow you where you want them to go. Like, let's go make a word cloud. Or let's go to this other platform. It's like, it's best to keep it in one place if you can, uh. you know, but we're going to be having Andy Robinson at the conference talk about how he built his consulting business. And he's going to talk about this in much greater depth, but yeah. please, I'd love to hear what you have to say, Mandy, about this. I think you said something very important for a lot of folks that are either thinking about or currently in a consulting role. If you're gonna offer webinars, you have to understand adult learning styles. Every adult learner does not, does not learn audio, does not necessarily learn visual, does not necessarily learn hands-on. So if you offer a webinar and you're only using one of those mediums, you're losing a portion of the audience. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, as Mazarin said, don't have a long attention span. I like to say today that people have the attention span of a gnat on crack. I mean, it's tiny. <laughs> And so if you don't have something for them to print off and touch, if you don't have something cool for them to be looking at while they're listening to you, if you aren't using your video, if you aren't asking them questions that they have to engage with, you're losing a portion of your audience. And it takes a little while and some practice to figure out what is the right formula, how much of each of those do you do in each webinar. I taught a webinar this morning and I had three polls. I had an opportunity where I let people unmute themselves and answer a question so everybody could learn a little bit about who was in the room. I had on my video, I had a PowerPoint that people could download if they wanted to and slides. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't have all of those things when I first started. I was petrified of technology, but the more I've learned about my audience, the more I realize about what they're looking for and what keeps them from, from saying like, oh, I'm going to go do this other thing and I'll just listen to that in the background or, ah, oh, yeah, this is okay, but I'm going to go like log off. And I have found that there are ways to keep more of your audience for longer. It doesn't mean you're going to keep everybody hundred percent of the time, all the time. That's just not realistic, but, um, and you'll start learning how to, to check and be like, how many people are in the room? What is the height of the number of people in the room? When are people logging off? And you will start to analyze yourself. Like at what point do people start shutting down? Is it when I get to this slide or is it when I do this thing or is it when I, you know, like, when is it? And you're hoping it's when you get to the Q&A section because hopefully you're pretty much done at that point. So, yeah, those are a lot of things to think about. It's not like Mazarin said, it's not just putting a PowerPoint together.
Right, right. And I, I love that, you know, and looking at that too, it's, there's a lot in this, right? There's a lot that we've kind of, you guys have talked about as far as, you know, when you started out and I like how you pointed that out. Like I didn't start out with all of the things because someone, I see the other side of this is um, nonprofit consultants who might be like, I'm going to do a webinar, but I first need to do my downloadable. I need to do all of this. I need to figure this out. I need to do that. And then it becomes a one day and it really holds them back from just moving forward and doing it because sometimes, I mean, well, that's what you got to do is you got to got to do it too, to kind of get over that fear and just to see the response too. So can you kind of address people on that? I don't, Mandy, do you want to start this time where you kind of look at that and say, you know, what about those people like who may be holding themselves back? Doesn't, you said it doesn't need to be perfect, but what are some things that may want to, they want, might want to check off just so they feel a little bit more confident when they actually do it? I'll give you three things that you can do. And when I work with folks in my boot camp, I offer this and not everybody's ready, but here's the three things. One, ask a coach or a colleague or someone that you know that's been doing webinars, would you host me? Or would you let me teach a webinar with you, right? So they may be in the same room. I, when I did my very first webinar, I drove to Tennessee with my coach and I sat in her office and she showed me the technology and I got to teach, but I didn't, I'm like, I wasn't responsible for it. Right. Yes. And so I got to see and like get less scared, like you said, Holly, and it was amazing. And I made sales on that and it was wonderful. And she was kind enough to share her audience with me. Mm -hmm. And so that's one option partner with somebody, whether it's a coach or just a colleague or someone that it makes sense to partner with. And we're talking about partnerships in this upcoming nonprofit consulting conference too. We have a whole session on partnerships and partnerships are amazing. Obviously the three of us are all consultants. Mm -hmm. We all work mm -hmm. with nonprofit consultants, but we're working together to bring this information to you guys because there's enough work to go around and you will very quickly realize that when you start consulting, there's just so much work, right? So another thing you can do is partner with someone and offer them something that you have in exchange for something they have, right? It might be, hey, can I be on your podcast and, and offer something to your audience that you need? And in exchange, would you, would you host a webinar for me, right? So then you don't have to be in the same room. They could still be the host and do the technology piece, but you're still getting the experience. So it's a little give-give, but it's not necessarily the same give-give because you may not have an audience yet. You offering to be like, I'll host you for a webinar doesn't really mean much when you don't have an audience yet. We're also going to talk about how to grow your list. Where do you find your ideal clients? We're gonna, that's part of the conference too, right? All these pieces sort of build on each other. And then the last thing I would encourage you to do, and I did this with some of my clients recently, create your webinar and record it for yourself. Mm. As if you were teaching to an audience, right? Do all the things you're gonna do, whether it's a poll or not, whether it's slides, whether whatever it is, record it and send it to someone you know that is either a coach or a consultant or a colleague that has been doing webinars and get their honest and open feedback. Mm -hmm. Put on your thick skin and get ready for the feedback because having that from someone who knows what they're doing will help you by leaps and bounds and you're not doing it to a live audience, right? Do it as good as you can, do it with excellence and then learn from all those things. So when you actually do it in front of someone, you do it better than that. 
I love that. I love those tips so much. Yeah. And just to kind of like add on to that, Mazarin, like what, you know, what else can you see that maybe be, can hold somebody back and to kind of get over that? And I love these examples working with, that's what I did, Mandy. Like I worked with somebody, I went through my slides and boy, oh boy, she was like, ah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Like that needs to be bigger. That needs to be like that. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, but it's tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Last minute here. And um, yeah, I was up super late, like fixing all my webinar and doing, but it was so good then when I did it and I was like, thank God I didn't show what I had originally. Right. right? So, yes. yeah. So what are some other ways that people, especially Nazarene, like if they're have no audience and they're like I don't want to do a webinar and have my mom show up and that's it <laughs> you know what I mean or be talking to myself so what what are some other ways mm -hmm. oh yeah well you asked two questions you're going to ask like you know what are the things they need to have in place to do this as well as how do they get an audience and yeah. so to answer both of your questions um I would recommend uh talking with a partner that has a larger audience and say can you show me some slides of webinars that have done well for you? Um, and just started taking the temperature of that particular partner's list. Because mm -hmm. some people do really well with extremely information heavy webinars. Other people have more playful webinars. Other people don't want to do slides at all. They have just one or two slides and like do the rest of it as just kind of like a, let's just have a chat, you yeah. know? So you have to find your own webinar style at the same time, understand as Mandy said, there's many different learning styles in the room. Sometimes a more collaborative style can work to your benefit um, and keep people engaged more than something that's very text heavy. So I had to learn and I had to go from being very text heavy to being much more image heavy, only having three bullet points per slide, things like that. You know, there's very standard things. I also bought books about presentation design and I studied them and I looked at the people who I liked who had really good engaging webinars, for example. I love my friend Kishana Palmer so much and she's going to be speaking at the conference too and she's going to be on our panel about um, uh, multiple streams of income and so uh, I would say check out her design like don't bite her style but look at how incredibly she has invested in uh, her branding and image and what can you learn from that so as you start out think what do I want to be known for and specifically like what gives me the most joy in my heart. And that's why I love to help people ask for more, especially women, because we are so encouraged to not ask for more in our society and we should. So that's number one in terms of design. And number two, in terms of partnerships, I'd say I completely agree with Mandy and I completely agree with you, um, Holly, you need to have really good partners that have big lists. And in the beginning, how I started out was I actually went to nonprofit associations and I asked if I could partner with them that way. And that worked out. Um, I'm going to do a webinar actually next week for the Washington Nonprofit Association. I've also done one for Idaho. I've done one for Mississippi. Hi. I've done ones for multiple ones, but I mean, that's just one place to go. Look at tech companies, you know, look at there's so many other ones. I've partnered with government to do webinars as well. And I've had government contracts to do webinars. And I was actually just on a call earlier today with the state of Oregon to talk about doing webinars for them and you know all of that stuff with like different partners and so it's really exciting you know honestly I feel like COVID came along at the right time for people who were having a hard time getting to uh in-person events and I think it's more accessible now for people who are working moms or people who are caregivers to elders as well as people who are differently abled like 
a webinar allows you to engage way more different kinds of people who have different um, uh, abilities to be present with you. And I think that's really, really exciting about the time that we're in. And I really hope that we don't move back to in-person as much as we can to continue to have this accessibility for everyone. Yeah, I mean, personally, I live on Guam. So it's been great for me because I've been able to engage. And a lot of people that live in different countries have been able to engage more. Um, different socioeconomic levels have been able to engage more because it's not having to pay for travel, et cetera. So there is a lot more engagement um, to kind of level the playing field for learning and knowledge. So that has been fantastic. And, and you know, kind of going back to that too, I love how you also wrapped it back around to, it's not just learning one style of a webinar, right? Like we talked about first, we need to understand how adult learners learn. Yes, that's important. But what's also so important is that you do it in your way. And, I, and just as an example, I've bought in slide decks before, <laughs> like webinar slide decks. And I've gone through them and they're almost all changed because I'm like, that's just not my style though. I'm not going to pitch for that long or I'm not going to, you know what I mean? So it was really like, you know, I tried to do it the cookie cutter way and it came off inauthentic. It came up, you know what I mean? A mess. So I did have to go redevelop it, but I love that, you know, go watch other people's webinars. And when you're there learning, also, if you're thinking about doing webinars, get tips for how, oh, that worked. I thought that was cool. Right. So I like how they went in and out of the webinar so they could like, you know, ask more questions or whatever it is. Um, and then also another um, opportunity just to add to what Mandy said about having a coach, you know, recording it, all of that, but also joining an association or reaching out and saying, hey, can I teach for you? Because that's another audience exposure. So those are really great tips as far as people who may not have an audience and looking to grow that audience through webinars. Now, I have a very interesting question that I also get a lot now um, that I'd love Mandy to address as far as cost. Now that you can do free webinars to build your list, potentially, right? That's totally a, a way that a lot of people are doing it. Or you can do paid webinars, right? If you just want to make sure that you're getting paid to do your time. So there's a lot of different ways that you can leverage webinars. So can you kind of talk about those? Because I know you do both for, for um, funding for good. I do. Um, I have a couple of different thoughts and a couple of different strategies for the company when I do that. I used to just do free webinars because I was just trying to get people on my list, right? And I didn't really have a, a thought behind it because I hadn't realized how to do the marketing piece yet. And then I started realizing when I first started, much like Holly, all I did was grant writing. And so my very first webinars were all about grant writing 101. We called it um, grant writing with the pros know. That was the title. And eventually at some point I realized people now want to know about grant research. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, am I going to do a free grant research webinar? So as I started creating our webinars, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do a free one on grant writing and then I'll pitch people into a very low cost grant research webinar next. Like now that you've learned how to write them, if you want to know where to find the people that want to fund you, join us for this next webinar in two weeks. Boom. Either have something at the end of that webinar, like if you register today only, you're going to save $10 or, you know, whatever, pitch them to get them to sign up. And so then I have people willing to pay me money for what I'm doing. And then at the end of that webinar, you can be like, oh, and now if you're ready for grant research, but you don't want to do it yourself because you see how time consuming it is, you can hire us to do it for you. And then we pitch them into another service, right? So there's that process of you could just offer free to grow your list, mm -hmm. but at some point you need to be figuring out how you're going to monetize that because right. you don't have a business model if you're not. And so, yes, at the beginning, I did a lot of free stuff, or if you're doing free 
for someone that has an audience, you need to have something that they, you can email them or they can go to your website. So we call these um, lead magnets, if you will, mm-hmm. clickbait, whatever you want to call it. Um, but giving them something of value, whether it's a checklist or a template or a tool, but not giving it to them during the webinar saying, hey, we are happy to send this to you. Would you like us to yes or no in a poll? Everybody that says yes, now you have their email and you can email it to them or click here, go to our website, put your name and email, we'll send it to you. And then that can add them to a funnel so you can continue communicating with them. So I learned that also the hard way. It took me a couple of years to realize like, oh, I'm not giving myself away for them to like get on my list. I'm just teaching for free, which was ridiculous. So anyway, you know, I lost a lot of opportunities in the beginning there. Um, So yeah, offer to teach for free. There's so many people out there that will let you teach for them if you're good. If you know your stuff and you are an expert in your field and the way you become an expert in the field is through experience and marketing, right? There's no like, oh, I have a master's in grant writing. Nobody has that. People ask me all the time, where'd you get your degree for grant writing? I'm like, "Mm, school of life. They didn't even have that when I was in school. (laughs) It's not really experience. (laughs) And um, so yeah, you, you need to become an expert, but part of that is going to come from experience. Oh gosh, she knows so much about what she's talking about. Oh my gosh, she's really excellent. She's an excellent speaker. She's a presenter. Everybody builds a relationship and has rapport with her, blah, 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 or him or whatever. Um, so yeah, those are some things to think about. There's nothing wrong with doing free webinars. Sometimes I do them just because I want to partner with people. I'm like, they have a fabulous reputation and I would like to partner with them and they, they don't pay for webinars. So do I want to get in front of their audience or not? Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where people are like, we don't have any money. Will you teach for us for free? And usually I'm like, no, right. um, you know, so, and then when you start recording webinars, you can turn them into products on your website. You can sell them later. So you make passive income, which we're also going to talk about as a revenue stream yeah. in our conference, yeah. right? We're going to talk about how to go to passive income because that's what everybody wants. We want to make money while we sleep. Yes. How do you do that? Right. You want to wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I just made like $500 overnight. You can't do that if you don't have products and you don't have products if you're not creating stuff. So right. webinars are one of many ways to do that. I love that. I love that. And Mazarin, I also want to open that up, that question kind of up in a different way to you because I thought it was interesting what Mandy had mentioned about like, you know, there's some imposter syndrome right behind that. Like, how do I become the expert? Like, I don't feel like an expert. I don't feel like I can teach on this. I'm just trying to do my consultancy. So now I have to do a webinar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because we, t- we kind of started this podcast out with that, it builds credibility as well, teaching. So even if it's not, you know, to get clients, well, it is, it always is, right? This is part of marketing. Um, like, how can you do that if you're thinking, oh, I, maybe I don't know if I am the expert, or I see these people doing the webinars, and they've been doing it way longer than me, so I must not be the expert, and I'm not, you know, in a position to teach on this. Well, um, pros and cons of being me. <laughs> I've never really had imposter syndrome about teaching webinars. I just, I'm a very critical person. And so if somebody is teaching a crappy presentation, I'll be like, I'm out of here, you know? And so I feel like since I taught English in Korea, I learned how to do like edutainment basically. And I learned how to make it fun for people that don't want to be there. 
and have already been learning all day and are just like, get me out of here. And so I would make games for them. And that's just in-person stuff. But like, you can put games inside of webinars too. You can have quizzes with prizes, like literal real world prizes. And some of them can be like the things that you give away as lead magnets, right? Like Mandy said. Um, so there's gamifying what you do. But, you know, more than that, like I just, I, I related so hard when you said that, Mandy, like, I wasted so much time not getting names from my webinars yeah. <laughs> and, and giving it away. And I, I kick myself about that sometimes like years later, like, oh God, like that's one area I wish I just gathered names from the jump, but I didn't know how, and I didn't know why. And I was doing webinars with a partner that wouldn't give me the names. So, Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I'll tell everybody a secret right now. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I have learned in the past 12 months how to do that. And I have had partners who also wouldn't give me names and we probably know some of the same ones. So this is what I've started doing. I've started, they, were, they always want you to give them the downloads. Like, give us handouts, give us handouts. So I give them the, the presentation is their handout, right? But anything else I talk about could be something else. Like I'll give it to you, but you got to tell me you want it, right? So yeah. what I do is I talk about this really awesome thing that everybody's going to want. And then I'm like, would you like Mandy to send you this after the webinar? If so, answer this poll, yes or no. Everybody that answers yes, they run that poll report and send me the names and emails after the fact. And then they know I'm going to send that to them. But they also probably know those people are going to be added to my list because when they get the handout, they're going to have to put in their name and email, which means now I can add them to a funnel. So it prevents them from having to give away their list because I'm like, hey, is it okay if I put this poll in here and then I can send them this thing if you send me the report? And they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So I got around that this year, which has been super helpful because now I know the people that said yes actually want this thing for me. So I'm not feeling like I'm spamming them and the company I'm teaching for doesn't feel like I'm spamming them because they've only given me the names of people who said yes. So yes, that's, that's your insider tip, folks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for that, Mandy. I could totally am going to try that for my next webinar that I do. I am really, really grateful that you mentioned that. I'm learning from you today and I really appreciate that. I learn from you guys um, every day. Oh, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I, and that just points it out that everyone can do it a different way. And everybody is going to have different tips and different ways because some of you guys like, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like, please don't, like, we're talking about, you know, lead magnets and all of this, but there are systems, but there's so many different ways to do it. It can be as easy as, you know, making a poll in Zoom, which, you know, you can get a short tutorial on, figure it out in just, you know, a minute. And then they can just, you can email people like, you know, so I, there's different ways that it, you don't have to have all of the fancy platform straight out of the gate, you know, that can be something later, right? Um, with, as far as like all of the funnels and all of the things that are very advantageous to automate your work so you're not doing it, but you can start out with the doing it, right? To understand it and just to keep things a little more simple. Um, but definitely we'll be talking more about that on the conference. So I love this. So I just wanna ask you both then, how has um, teaching webinars specifically presentations and webinars been helpful to build your list and to build your business and to build your credibility. Hmm. Mandy, you want to, I have to say, yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go. I'm, I'm like, it's, 
it's instrumental to building my business. I'd say I wouldn't have much of a business if I hadn't done it. But it's also about partnerships, right? And I love that we're going to be talking about both webinars and partnerships at the conference because we're going to have some people who are really, really skilled at this mm-hmm. teaching you this. And um, it's been a tool for me to also identify referral partners. Um, it's been a way for me to do my own online conferences and then talk with other consultants and say, hey, like, I want to hear you speak about this. I think you're really good at this. Like, I don't know major gifts. I'm not a capital campaign consultant. I think you should talk about how to ask for major gifts over Zoom. And so we had a person do that. I had a cold call major donors. We had another person do that. Like, you know, it's a way for you to learn and it's a way for you to like really I mean, um, many of the uh, like logos that I have on my LinkedIn profile, which you can take a look at, or my website come from my webinar partners. So mm. I have what I have logos uh, from the SBA. I have logos from it's a Small Business Development Association. If you're in another country, that's what that means. I have logos from Meals on Wheels. I've done so many webinars for them. The national one, right? I mean, I have logos from uh, U- uh, United States Olympic Committee. Clunk. That's me name dropping. Clunk, clunk, clunk. You know. So like. It's great. Like people are like, wow, she did webinars for the SBA. She's probably good at business. Mm-hmm. And I am. But so are you. So you should have these, you should have these links too. I mean, just like that's you can add their logos to your website. I love that. Yeah. And Mandy, how about you? So Mazarine's that, you know, it also adds the credibility for those logos and just to speak on, especially national ones, to really, you know, support that and to be like, huh. So people look at that and go, hmm, right. So, and just to build the your list as well. So how how about you, Mandy? I mean, honestly, for me, it's partnerships and in my webinars, I have an opportunity to do kind of what Mazarine was just exam- or sampling for us. You know, she was name dropping people she's worked for, which give people on your webinars immediate like, oh, she must really know what she's doing. Like that. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on a webinar and you're talking about board development and you really want people to be signing up for strategic planning, you're going to explain several things throughout the webinar that lead right back to strategic planning. And you're just going to highlight those and move right on, right? And then at the end of the webinar, whatever you're trying to pitch might make really good sense. And people are going to start reaching out to you for the things that you have dropped throughout the webinar, whether it's a free thing or a service or a whatever, as you become, again, this did not happen or exist for me in the beginning. It was straight up. Let me tell them everything I can and teach as much as possible. And then thanks so much for joining me. And I didn't understand the marketing pieces of it yet. Right. And, and you'll get that and you'll learn it. Our hope for you when you come to the conference is that you are going to learn all these things quicker and you're going to be able to do them better sooner. So you get to where we are now quicker because there is a need. There is a growing need. There are a lot of jobs not being filled in the nonprofit world. And we want you to be equipped to come and help fill those gaps. So people are getting the support they need because people aren't stepping up to take the jobs. So consultants are going to be filling those gaps. Right. And so that's what we are hoping you're going to get from the conference and that's the whole purpose. Like, why would I bother putting all this stuff together if I didn't want you to learn it quicker? I don't want you to have to take 10 years to get to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And so come join us so you can learn quicker. I keep hitting my table and my camera keeps shaking. So <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes my I completely agree. I completely agree. Go on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Another webinar faux pas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make your camera stay still. 
Yeah. So I, you know, and these are all really good. And, you know, I resonate with exactly what you ladies are saying. And, you know, for me too, it is. And I think that the common theme here is partnerships. Like you also get to partner with other people and meet people. And what I really love about it too, is it connects me to my audience in another way. So I might, you know, I email them, but when you actually can show up live and ask them questions and they can ask you questions and they can see you and <laughs> benefit when you can show up alive alive like, <laughs> then i realized you said live. <laughs> so yeah so um but yeah you can you know connect with them and it, it's a really good nurturing experience as well so i absolutely love it as you know too and and just to keep it simple right we, you can do it all the different ways there's never anything wrong right as long as you're trying and you learn from that you learn what you like what you don't what people respond to what they don't and you can always change yeah there's another I just have one more thing oh god i'm sorry Sorry, there's there's one more thing that I don't think a lot of people really think about, especially if you're going from a job in an office with a group of people to consulting. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to build a community virtually. Yes. And when you give people an opportunity to engage with you where they can see your face and your expressions and hear your voice and your intonation, you will start to build actual relationships with your audience. And I have people that follow me all the time that are like, they're on every webinar or I see them yep. multiple times a year or they'll email me and I know who that person is, right? And when you have a list of 30 something thousand people, it's cool to be able to know some of them, but people won't wanna engage with you if they don't feel like they have a connection with you. So this right, is just another right. opportunity for them to connect because they can't do it in person most of the time. Right. And what you're talking about, Mandy, is called parasocial relationships. So parasocial relationships are like the relationships you feel that you know somebody, even if they don't know you and you're connected to them. So like, that's why, for example, I'm extremely invested in, well, I don't know, Angelina Jolie and how her health is and her relationships or whatever, you know, because I'm like following her life. I'm looking at the social media platforms. I'm seeing what's happening with her and her children, you know, as an example, right? And so what ends up happening is you go to conferences when we can go back in conferences in person people be like I feel like I really know you they'll be like hi you're one of thousands on my list and I, I'm sorry I don't really know you yet <laughs> you know but not in a bad way let's get to know each other you know so I can learn more about you and I agree it is about people seeing your face and you answering their questions and just their sense of your energy because mm -hmm. your energy does come through the computer um and like it's so important to just be authentic with people. And I, I want to share one other thing about what I think is powerful about building your business through webinars and partnership is that you get to be collaborative and creative. So if you're afraid of being creative, if that was like beaten out of you when you were little and you were like, oh no, I'm not creative. I can't make something. You know, mama told me I wasn't good or whatever. My grandmother said I wasn't good. No, you are good. And this is a wonderful response to the trauma of the last two years is to be as creative as possible and to give yourself choice you know, and like, that's something you often can't do when you're working full time in an organization. You can't have your own voice, your own brands, your own look and feel your own messaging. This is a chance for you to really get your true authentic self out there, or at least the authentic self that you want to show to the world. Because we all have different faces, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I just thought I wanted to add that like, it can be really fun to do this. It's not just a business strategy. It's actually fun if you like being creative. 
Yes. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And that's when I get more excited too, is when I can add something to it and be creative and, you know, and, and work with other creative people and learn from them. And yeah, so there's definitely something that can give your, your business life as well. Like give you that feeling of, um, you know, just being alive in your business and being excited about it because you can brand the way you want. You can message the way you want, right? You don't have to just follow what other nonprofit consultants are doing and copycat that you can follow what you know I love following like boho interior on Instagram and you can pull in some other creative parts that are really interesting to you and to how you express yourself right so that's what makes it a lot of fun but this has been such a great conversation I love um you know doing webinars and talking to other people about webinars and and seeing uh, yeah this can really help your business you know we didn't even speak uh, talk much about speaking and as well doing speaking events or even doing in-person events, which can be extremely beneficial as well. We're definitely going to dive more into those in the nonprofit consulting conference. Um, so you guys will definitely want to sign up for that. Um, and we'll have all of the links in the show notes for you. And that's coming right around the corner. So you're definitely going to want to get into that and to see all of the good things that are happening. Um, but before we close out today, do you guys have anything you want to add? Um, Nazarene, do you want to add anything first? I just want to say nonprofitconsultingconference.com come in. There's a couple seats left. I'm sure we can make a little room for you. Um, but this is going to sell out if it hasn't already. We're recording this a little earlier and I'm super excited to see who comes and have your voice added to the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Mandy? Nope. I'm good. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed having these sessions with you guys. I think we'll probably have to do some more to talk about the things we learned and took away from the conference. So um, be sure to join us for the conference so we can include our learnings from you in our next conversations. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So you guys check out all the show notes. Um, we hope to see you at the nonprofit consulting conference and to hear your voice and to hear your experience, as well as to see you grow your business, you scale, so you apply the things you learn so we can be part of your journey. All right. Thank you ladies so much for coming on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode today with Mandy Pierce and Mazarine Trays. Uh, for all of today's show notes, please do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 232. You can also find out more about the Nonprofit Consulting Conference coming up on August 25th and 26th. So you're definitely going to want to grab your tickets there. Once again, visit us at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 232. You, while you're there, also join our free grant writing hub haven. And you can find that at grantwritingandfunding.com. Just click the start here button and you can sign up for that. Where you'll have immediate access to our hub haven where we have a ton of free resources for you. All right, guys, I'll see you next week and I hope to see you at the conference. <laughs>